best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. As always, I am your introverted host, Chelsea Brown. This week, we are going to be jumping right out of spooky season and right into a palate cleanser, and we're going to be talking about love languages. If you don't know what love languages are, stick around. If you do know what love languages are, still stick around because I have some, I have some thoughts as you know. But before we get into that, let's get into our customary mental health check. As always, we're going to rate our mental health from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. Today, shockingly, I am at a four, which is a dramatic increase from last week, and I am, I'm happy about it. So let me tell you. So first, my husband and I are going to Austin for a couple's getaway this weekend. We rented a nice hotel. We're doing like a spa day. We're going to eat a lot of good food. Like we're just going to specifically spend time together. And that's really the priority of the weekend. And that's something that I really need because my love language is quality time. So we're going to get into that more when we get into the episode. But that's actually what kind of prompted me to do this episode here is when we scheduled that and kind of had that conversation. So we're going to do that. I'm so excited to go. I can't wait. We have not really had a weekend like this in a long time. And you're like, okay, but literally in August, you were just in Hawaii together. And I know, but that was in August. And when you're listening to this, it is mm, November. Okay. So excuse me for wanting to spend time with my husband. So we're going to go do that. I'm so, so excited just to spend time with him and just kind of get away for a few days. I've had like a hyper productive day. I did all my client work for the week. I am prepping for a pitch contest for next week. I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. And I was like, you know what? I'm starting to get tired, but I'm going to go ahead and record the episode so I don't forget about it. And then this weekend, I'll end up where I was last weekend and then, you know, just kind of mess myself up. So we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. I'm not going to do that to myself. So I've had a super productive week. I am prepping for another pitch contest on Twitter and I'm actually like utilizing the community and interacting with the community versus being a weirdo and not doing that. Last pitch contest I didn't. I still got some interest from an indie publisher which is great but I want to see if I can broaden my reach. So I have this like huge list. If you follow me on Twitter I'm so sorry like you might want to just mute me for the next week and a half because until November 3rd, I'm going to be extremely annoying on Twitter for anyone who's not also doing the pitch contest. Um, I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. I'm excited. I think it'll be cool. It's called Mood Pitch, and the whole concept is like you make a mood board for your manuscript that you're querying, which is awesome, and I think it's a really cool idea, and I'm going to be doing it on November 3rd. So if you want to see those pitches, you can go to my personal Twitter, at Brown and check that out. But if you don't want to see any of that content and you do follow me on Twitter, you might want to just mute me. So yeah, fair warning. So with that behind me, I do want to check in with you, my best friends, my introverties. Tell me how you're doing. How are you actually doing? Like for real, for real. None of this, oh, I'm fine thing. Like I'm not the barista at Starbucks. I'm your best friend. So you can tell me. And if you need like an extended period to tell me, pause. Pause the episode tell me while you're on a walk, maybe you have your headphones in, you want it to look like you're on the phone. That's fine. You can totally tell me then. You can pause this and tell me in your empty car. Like, that's fine too. Sometimes it helps to just 
say the stuff out loud and just be done with it. And I think that's why I like having a podcast because I just say it out loud and I'm done with it. But it's probably better to say it to no one than like a whole audience on the internet. (laughs) But that's fine. That's beside the point. The point is to remember to check in with yourself, remember to love yourself, and remember to take care of yourself. Okay? Okay. So if you've paused me, you're back now. If you haven't paused me, let's jump into the book, TV show, or movie of the week. I regret to inform you that I am back on my reality TV grind because Love is Blind is back for season three. I love this show. I'm so, it is, it is trash TV. Like, don't get me wrong. It is trashy reality TV. It's, if you don't know what Love is Blind is, I am so excited to tell you. Okay, so the concept is that there are men and women who go on this show to find love and they want to find out if love is blind. So they speak to their potential partners, the men speak to the women, and they speak like through this wall. They do not see each other at all and they are discouraged from discussing their physical attributes, but it's not disallowed or anything like that. And then when they fall in love, which does happen on the show, they literally propose while they're still in the pods, so in their little room separated by the wall, and then only when they're engaged do they actually see their partner, and it's supposed to be this experiment, quote-unquote. It's not an experiment anymore. Uh, Sorry to say, but we all know that this thing does not work. However, I will watch every single season of the show, And this season in particular is literally blowing my mind. I, I, okay, the only thing I'm going to say about this, I'm only going to say one thing. If you've watched, you know. If you haven't watched yet, um, prepare to have your mind blown. But the only thing I'm going to say is that the fake tears guy, what the heck? I cannot believe the man did that on camera. Okay, you have to go watch it. You just have to go watch it. That is my recommendation for this week. When I'm recording this on Wednesday, October 26th, new episodes drop tonight. So I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay, go watch it. I promise you it will be very enjoyable if you like reality TV. If you are more of a highbrow person, I don't know what to tell you, but this is enjoyable regardless. Okay, so let's just go ahead and jump into the meat of this episode, which is going to be, as I said before, love languages. If you don't know what a love language is, a love language is how someone best receives love or prefers to show it. And this can differ from person to person. It can be the same as your partner. It can be different than your partner. I don't think that you have to have the same love language to be a successful couple. So there are five love languages. There's quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, and gift giving. And if you're like, okay, that's great, but I don't know which one I am, don't you worry. You can go to fivelovelanguages.com, five, the number five, lovelanguages.com, and they have the love language quiz for you. Takes maybe five minutes. I took it again in preparation for this episode because sometimes your love language changes. Mine have changed a little bit over the years, but overwhelmingly, my primary love language is quality time. Quality time for me is 33%, so it's a third, and there are five. (laughs) So quality time is very important for me. Physical touch is 30%, words of affirmation, 17%, and both acts of service and receiving gifts is 10% each. 
these are just how I want to be shown love. So we'll just go through each of them and talk about what each kind of love language means for someone, some examples of what to do for someone. If you know their love language is words of affirmation, for example, I'll give you some instances or examples of things that you can use that you should be doing or should not be doing to show that person that you care about them. Okay, so we'll jump into words of affirmation. As I said, for me, this one is number three ranking, and it's actually like a distant third for me. Words of affirmation is like compliments, pet names, verbal support from their partner. So hearing things like, I appreciate you, I'm so proud of you, I love you, you're doing a great job, things like that. That is something that someone whose love language is words of affirmation really, really wants and needs to hear to feel that their needs are being met in the relationship. What you should definitely not do is criticize or insult someone whose love language is words of affirmation, particularly in front of people. They always say, like the greater they, say that actions speak louder than words. But for someone whose love language is words of affirmation, words are literally the loudest, louder than actions for them. So hearing, oh, I'm so unhappy with this person because X, Y, Z, if like they are the subject of your ire, that's like a dramatic wound for them. Whereas you might have meant it like as a joke or whatever, they might not take it as a joke. So that's really something to be aware of when you're in a relationship with someone whose love language is words of affirmation, or maybe a friend of yours has a love language of words of affirmation. So on the Five Love Languages website, once you're done with the quiz, it has this like little section that talks a little bit more about each love language, and I'll read each of them for you. The one for words of affirmation says this, Actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Hearing the words, I love you, are important. Hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirit skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. Kind, encouraging, and positive words are truly life-giving. So, again, for someone whose love language is words of affirmation, Even like a quick text saying, I'm thinking of you, I care about you, I love you, like whatever, wherever your relationship is, telling them those things is important. I think it's also important to note before we really go any further that your, the way you want to receive love versus how you give love are two different things. So for me, the way I want to receive love is quality time and physical touch, but how I show love is acts of service. And that's ironic because I really don't want people to do things for me, but I really want to do things for other people. And that's how I show them that I care about them. So as we're going through, keep that in mind that how you want to receive love is not necessarily how you want to show it. And sometimes how you want to show it isn't always what your partner wants to receive. My husband, for example, wants the same things that I do. He wants quality time and physical touch. So me doing these acts of service, like it's, it's nice, he, he appreciates it, but he would appreciate more if I would take the time to spend time with him or to give him little touches throughout the day if I pass him, even just touching his shoulder really quick if we're just passing in the hallway. Things like that are more meaningful. And as a partner, it's important to just be aware of what your partner wants and to give them those things accordingly. Okay, so we'll move on to quality time. 
someone whose love language is quality time wants more than anything to just spend meaningful time with their partner. This does not look like being together, but both on your phone. That doesn't fill this person's soul. So for someone whose love language is quality time, plan a special day, book a trip, or just make time for them at home. Like you watch a movie together, you have your own little commentary, you have this thing that you plan just for you two, no distractions. It's really all about that intentional time and not just being together. Because sometimes just being together isn't, like it feels like you could literally be anywhere. If we're spending time together and you're on your phone or talking to other people or whatever, like I could literally not be there and the experience would be the same for you. And that doesn't feel like intentional time. So for someone whose love language is quality time, it's really important to bear that in mind. Equally important is don't plan something or promise something and then back out. So if you're like, babe, I'm coming home tonight, I'm bringing dinner, I really want us to just hang out together, watch TV, talk about our day, and just spend this time together. I don't want to be on my phone. I don't want to think about work. And then you get home, you forgot to bring dinner, you're on a phone call for work, and you just disappear into some other room to handle that, like during the time that you said, hey, we're going to spend time together. That can be like heartbreaking for someone whose love language is quality time. So bear these things in mind. The little paragraph on the five love languages thing under quality time says this. In the vernacular of quality time, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down, and all chores and tasks on standby makes your significant other feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful. Quality time also means sharing quality conversation and quality activities. This is obviously something that resonates a lot for me because I really value quality time with people that I care about. I think that time is like your most valuable asset. And so for someone to give that time to me feels very special. And I really need that in a friendship and in a relationship. And if I don't receive that, I do feel like my needs are not being met. So, yeah, that's, it, it can be tough, especially because we all have so much stuff going on. We have work, we have family, we have other commitments, we have extracurriculars, some of us have kids, like there's so much other stuff happening that it can be really hard to prioritize quality time with your friends or your partner or whatever. But if their love language is quality time, just know even like 15 minutes sitting down how was your day? How are you feeling? And actually having an active conversation with them can go a long way. It doesn't have to be this like big, expensive, extravagant thing. It's more about the time that you're spending together and the time that you're choosing to spend with this person. Okay, so let's move on to physical touch. And everyone hears sex when you say that the love language is physical touch, but that's not always true. Someone whose love language is physical touch just wants to be physically close to their partner. So sex is great, but don't only touch them when you, you want to have sex. Do little touches throughout the day. If they're sitting on the couch, sit really close to them. 
if you're driving, hold their hand while you're driving, that kind of thing. Something that I was reading while I was researching this is it's important that if your partner's love language is physical touch, that you don't withhold that physical reassurance, particularly when you're fighting. And I thought that this was interesting because we can all, like if you are in an argument with your partner, literally the last thing you want to do is hug them, right? However, when your partner's love language is physical touch, if you reject them, if you pull away, if they go in for a hug and you physically push them back, even if you're in an argument or a disagreement, that is a very sharp rejection. And that can cause really unneeded barriers in your communication and in your relationship because this person needs physical touch and for you to not only not give it to them but give them exactly the opposite like take it away push them away kind of thing is even worse so that's something to keep in mind because i never really thought about that i thought more about withholding it versus like pushing away but pushing away is even worse it's like if your love language is quality time and your partner never spends quality time with you but spends a lot of quality time with someone else you know what i mean it's like they're specifically giving you the opposite of what you need so the little paragraph on fivelovelanguages.com for physical touch says this this language isn't all about the bedroom a person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy hugs pats on the back holding hands and thoughtful touches on the arm shoulder or face they can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in any relationship. I think that this is kind of, I wouldn't say a struggle for me, but it doesn't always come naturally. I am someone who is not very physically emotive, like I've just never been a super touchy person. It's not really what I do. But if like we're in a relationship, I am different with people that I'm in a relationship with. And my husband loves to have physical touch. So with him, I'm like always touching him if we are close to each other. Like if we're in the car, if we're on the couch, if we are, I don't know, in public somewhere, we're holding hands or at his parents' house, I'm always touching him somehow. So I think that that aspect of my personality really complements our relationship because it gives him that physical reassurance about our relationship as a whole and lets him know that like we're good and I'm here with you and I care about you kind of thing. Okay, the next one is acts of service and this is the one that I love to do for people. I do feel like it is taken advantage of sometimes and I don't really love that so I have to kind of be particular with who I give this to. But anyway, if someone's love language is acts of service, they want you to do helpful things for them, such as put gas in their car when they have an early day, bring food home for them, do the chores for them, vacuum the house, put the kids down, that kind of thing. If you help relieve them of some of their responsibilities, that's like the ultimate act of love for someone whose love language is acts of service. If your partner's love language is acts of service, it's important not to kind of hold these things over them because that's like telling them that these things that you thought I did out of love, I really only did them for my benefit. So for example, let's say your partner is just getting home from work, is exhausted, but has to clean the house and you ended up getting home about the same time as them, 
but you told them you go take a shower relax do what you have to do i'll clean the house for you don't even worry about it like thank you so much they're feeling very loved and taken care of and protected and so they go relax and take the shower you clean the house for them the next day they are in a bad mood because of work so when they get home they're not really speaking to you but it has nothing to do with you And instead of trying to empathize with this person, you're like, okay, well, I did all of this for you and this is how you treat me. And that communicates to them that this wasn't an act of love. You cleaning the house for me was not an act of love. It was just to get something in return. And love is not really a give and take kind of arrangement. It's more so doing things for someone or giving to someone without the expectation of receiving something in return. So kind of holding those things over them is a really quick way to fracture the trust in your relationship. The acts of service paragraph on fivelovelanguages.com says this, can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most wants to hear is let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this language that their feelings don't matter. Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipient of these acts. So again, just taking care of anything that you can for this person, even if it's just like a little thing that takes five minutes, it's still so appreciated because that is just an act of love for them and makes them feel very cared about. The final love language is gifts. Someone whose love language is gifts wants to receive meaningful gifts from you. A lot of people relate this to like being materialistic, like they, oh, they just want stuff from me. And it's not really the stuff that's the focus, it's the thought behind it. So if you see something literally in a quarter gumball machine and you get it for them and you're like, hey, I saw this, I know it's kind of weird, but I just, I thought of you and I thought that you would like it that is more meaningful than just some random thing that you had your assistant pick out from the store, you know? So if your partner is someone whose love language is receiving gifts, giving them something unexpected, like I saw this and I thought of you, will literally make their day. And every time they see that thing, touch that thing, they'll think of you and how much you love and care about them. Conversely, if you hold gifts over them in the same way that you might for like acts of service, if you say, well, I gave you this, how can you be so ungrateful? That communicates that your love is conditional and that this thing that you gave to them, again, was not an act of love, was not you saying, oh, this is how much I care about you or I thought of you or everything I see, I think of you, and that's why I got you this. It communicates to them that none of those things are true, and you're actually only trying to buy their affection, and not in an authentic way because you actually have affection for them, if that makes sense. So the paragraph says this, don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday, anniversary, or a hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. So would the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are visual representations of love and are treasured greatly. 
So again, this is not like a materialistic thing. This is not someone who needs like a Rolex every day. This is someone who treasures the gifts that you give them because it's like, I saw this and I thought of you. I saw this. I thought that you would like it. I know you so well. I know you wanted this and that's what I'm doing for you. As I said before, there is a big difference between how you give and how you receive. I have people in my life who like to show their love by giving gifts, but want to receive love with acts of service or words of affirmation, and actually really don't like getting gifts at all. So knowing that, for example, if your partner wants to give gifts but receive physical touch, that can inform how you interact with your partner. The reason I was thinking about this particular topic for this week is because, again, my primary love language is quality time. And I've been feeling lately like I haven't been able to spend as much quality time with my husband as I would like to. Historically, we spend a ton of time together, but the past several months, we've just kind of been caught up in our other responsibilities and haven't really been able to prioritize time together. So because I know that my love language is quality time and this is something that I need, I'm able to communicate to him like, hey, I really need this from us and I need us to prioritize this. And he was just like, yep, let's do it. Like it wasn't this big fight. And honestly, 20-year-old me would have made a fight out of it right? It would have been like, you don't care about me. You're so worried about X, Y, Z, but you don't even think about me. So the fact that I know my love language, I am able to communicate it to my partner in such a way that we can just come to a resolution versus just having this big drawn out fight for no reason and still having no resolution and still making me feel like my needs are not being met in the quality time aspect of our relationship. I mean, that's not productive. That's not helpful. So knowing your own love language is very, very important because you can then just ask for what you need. Sometimes I think that people really complicate relationships and you expect someone to like read your mind and know exactly what you need. But the truth is that we don't know what our partner needs 100% of the time, right? And it would be so much easier If our partner would just be like, hey, I think I need more quality time with you. I'm feeling this way. And you're like, oh, okay, no problem. Let's go ahead and fix that. Versus if I were to just keep those thoughts to myself, not tell my husband like, hey, I need more time with you, then what? Then I'm going to resent him. Then I'm going to be irritable. Then I'm not going to be fulfilling his needs and he's going to be upset with me. But because I'm already upset with him, he's not going to feel safe talking to me about what he needs and so it's going to be just this compounded problem when it really doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be this big drawn out thing of my partner has to guess exactly what I want when I literally have the language to communicate exactly what I need for you to do. It's, I mean, it's not complicated and I know sometimes that your pride can really get in the way, right? You can feel like this person should know me so well and I don't want to ask this person for something that they're not giving me. But that's not really fair to your partner at all. Your partner is trying their best and I think it is important, especially in romantic relationships, to assume best intent. 
Of course, we're going to hurt our partner's feeling from time to time. Like it happens. It's not intentional, but it does happen. But if we assume best intent, we can say, look, like what you said or what you did really hurt my feelings. And you can kind of unpack that together because odds are your partner was not trying to do that. It was completely unintentional. They meant something completely different. But if you're just instead of communicating, you're harboring this resentment toward your partner. What resolution are you getting out of this? What is the end goal that you actually want? And for me, the end goal of what I actually wanted is to just spend more time with my husband. I really want just some quality time, just he and I, nothing else. And we're going to go ahead and fix that versus like making this a big thing. Similarly, it is important to know your partner's love language so that you can show them your love and your affection for them in a way that they can receive it. I will give you an example. It's it's such a cute story. So my husband's parents have been married for, gosh, 40 some odd years now. And toward the beginning of their relationship, my father-in-law would give his wife, my mother-in-law, the darkest piece of toast, like burnt toast. And eventually she's like, why are you giving this to me? I don't like my toast this way. And he's like, oh, I'm just giving you the best piece. I'm giving you the piece that I would want. And she's like, well, I don't actually like this. It's a small example on a small scale to talk about a larger issue. And the larger issue is sometimes that you are showing your partner that you care about them by buying them all kinds of gifts and all they really want is for you to hug them, you know? So if you are trying to show your partner affection or love and they're just not feeling the love from you, maybe it's because their love language is not aligned with what you're giving them. And as a partner, I think it's important to adjust how you show your love and your affection. If how your partner wants to receive love is not compatible with how you're willing to show your love to them, I think that's a different issue that maybe points to a larger problem in the relationship. I am not someone who's super physically emotive normally. I really am with my husband, like a lot. And he loves that because that's the kind of thing that he needs. But if I was someone who was not physically emotive ever to anyone, hated to touch people, I don't think that our relationship would survive because he would not be getting his needs met and therefore I would not be getting my needs met. All of this to say, it's important to, in your relationships, communicate what you need. Literally just say in words, hey, I need to spend more time with you. Hey, I really just want to feel physically close to you. Hey, I really love when you bring me something home, when you go on a trip and you bring me a little gift back. I love that. Just communicate what you actually like so your partner can provide you and give you what you actually like and what you actually need. It sounds, like I know it sounds so overly simplistic and it's not always that easy, but it gets easier with practice. So if you're someone who, in a relationship, you typically just wait for the person to kind of figure out what you need, maybe it's time to try something else, you know? Maybe that's not really working for you. Maybe you desperately need quality time with your partner and they're, I don't know, traveling for work and bringing you gifts home but you're still just not feeling the love from them and you're just expecting them to one day figure it out. They're not going to figure it out. 
right? They're going to wonder why you are not accepting their gestures and their gifts and their displays of affection. They're going to wonder what's happening on your end because to them, like, that's what they think that you need, right? So just communicate. Sounds so simple. And honestly, at the end of the day, it is very simple. It's like Occam's razor, right? The simplest solution is the correct solution. Having trouble feeling the love in your relationship? Communicate with your partner. Okay? Okay. And so on that note, we are about the end of our time together this week. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you got a little bit of information, wisdom, whatever out of this episode. As always, please rate, review, subscribe. Please thank you. I love you. You can follow the podcast Instagram at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. I'll keep you up to date with future episodes and stories and all that good stuff. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, love you. Bye.